This is a podcast from China Daily Hong Kong. Thanks for tuning in to an edition of Story Spotlight, where we engage with a CDHK reporter and dive deeper into a recently published story which drew a buzz. I'll be speaking with Miriam Zhang, a CDHK multimedia reporter, on a recently published video story titled "Robots Rising," which examines the current existence of robots in Hong Kong society, specifically how the trend has increased since the pandemic. Miriam, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Miriam's recent video reporting spoke to robot developers who shed insight on the commercialization of social robots right now in Hong Kong and the obstacles they face in a city like Hong Kong, as well as engaging with those who actively use robots to help with daily routine, from elderly care homes to property management staff. A relevant topic, which will only continue to trend going forward. But how fast of a trend is it in a city like Hong Kong? In the video, an expert said that Hong Kong has a strong academic research field in the sciences, which we've seen with the contribution to the nation's space exploration and in Hong Kong's recent university rankings. But he said that the application and commercialization of this advanced technology in Hong Kong is a totally different story, which is why we don't、mm-hmm. see as much of these robotics in society. So I was wondering, what would it take for that to change going forward in the city? And is it relying 100% on the business sector to push this needle? So, from the industry players' point of view, what the government is doing is not enough. But as we all know, the government has been promoting and supporting the tech industry for a long time, right? Right. And we saw that, like nurturing tech industry, has been written into policy addresses and various government policy documents many times. But what I heard from the business circle is that this one-off cash handout policies or like setting up a tax base is not enough for them because if you want an industry to grow, it takes time and money, right? And it is a long-term business. In this regard, Hong Kong actually has many obstacles to overcome, like the rent,、um, the human capital,、right. and it's very high. And it is this kind of reality that shaped people's mindset. People tend to pursue short-term profit because they are expecting to make profit as soon as possible to cover the high investment put in rent and some other expenses. For tech research, it could take a long time for just a small breakthrough. So I was joking with one of my interviewees, like Hong Kong is too expensive to be innovative. Right. And another problem is about the market. So if the company only targets Hong Kong, a city with seven million population, how would you expect it to compete with counterparts in the mainland or overseas? And、right. actually, a number of startups in the Hong Kong Science Park have realized the issue. And what they have been doing for a while is to leverage on the strong academic research advantages in Hong Kong and the relatively friendly investment environment across the border, setting up offices, factories in Shenzhen, Guangdong, and Zhongshan, etc. So yeah. this yeah. could save them a lot of money. But here comes to another. Problem because you know a、uh, DJI, the world leading manufacturer for commercial aerial vehicles,、mm. that was established by students in Hong Kong USD. But 
it became successful in Shenzhen. And the company contributed a lot to the Shenzhen government instead of Hong Kong government. So many tech insiders in Hong Kong have realized that they are facing this problem. Like they cannot make Hong Kong's innovation contribute to the city. Like they always nurture some unicorn companies and then these companies go to another place. So it is very likely that a business will automatically seek a place with large market and less cost. If Hong Kong cannot keep these promising companies to stay, then all the effort could go in vain. And a professor told me that one possible solution lies on the city's competitive edge in the financial sector. He said if Hong Kong can offer a favorable policy for these tech unicorns to IPO in the city, then Hong Kong could still benefit from the development of the sector. Even they set up offices and factories in other parts of the world, but money can still stay in Hong Kong. But that's very sad. Like at the end of the day, it just goes back to Hong Kong's old competitive advantage as a finance city, financial advantage. So in the end, it requires, would you say it requires a marriage of both Chinese mainland and Hong Kong specifically to target both markets, to be able to set up shop and factories in Chinese mainland. So no matter what, it's all interconnected. Yeah, I I think... It's very interesting. In a latest report published by Stanford University on the impact of AI research paper, actually Hong Kong ranked number two in the world. That's very high. And I think Hong Kong's advantage in this area lies on, as you mentioned, talents and its free research environment and its access to capital and investment. Right. So I want to transition to something else that your video mentions, which is that care homes are a voluntary industry. So the deployment of robots is very welcome to help shouldering tasks, especially the day-to-day smaller tasks, which your video showed. Um, are there actually many robots being deployed in care homes in Hong Kong right now? or uh, And is that a trend that's been increasing more and more? And what would it take for robots to be more ubiquitous in the healthcare industry, especially after the pandemic? I can give you the general number. Like among Hong, in Hong Kong, there are around 800 care homes and the 200 of them have been engaging robots. And it was started before the pandemic. But I would say pandemic definitely accelerated the process when people-to-people interaction is not encouraged. And a distributor of rehabilitation gloves told me that people used to go to hospital to do physical treatment because of COVID. The hospitals are closed and it is hard to make appointment to this treatment in hospital. So many patients tend to buy this kind of small technology stuff at home to do their repairment. And a professor I interviewed told me that in reality, if people really get a robot, they tend to lose interest after a while. (laughs) Yeah, because robots are not good enough currently. And he doesn't mean it's not technically good enough. It is not good enough because we as human beings, we are not really understand ourselves. So if we don't realize what we really need, then how would you expect we can like create something really useful for us? Yeah, I remember that expert saying that in the yes. video where he went quite philosophically deep with that. Yes, know? that's very philosophical. <laughs> because, you know, for example, people's mind can be very complicated. Sure. Like you can feel happy but sad simultaneously. 
Right. But if you want to invent a robot to like mimic these complex feelings, it is difficult, and yeah. it is related to our nervous systems, and that's what the professor is doing to try to create something more similar to our human beings' nervous systems. And it is very cutting edge research. Right, and I guess I can understand that point because the extent of our technological potential lies、mm-hmm. with our imagination. But、yeah. we don't have the imagination of what exactly yet we want from these robots. Aside from just saying singularity,、uh, artificial,、mm-hmm. you know, having full on self consciousness, but that's such a broad thing. And he was he a research expert or an actual robotic engineer? This gentleman. He's both doing engineer, but also doing research. And、uh, his research area is company social robots, right? Oh wow! Which offering companies to、uh, people in extremely isolation situations, like in some countries there are senior citizens that they live alone. So that's emerging、uh, problems in society. The obvious concerns to having more robots in society, which again your video talks about, are the job loss as well as the reduction of human-to-human interaction. So these are the two most obvious concerns with the advancement of technology in society. So could you share your personal thoughts on this, and if these concerns were more apparent to you while covering the story? Um, a very interesting factor about this is that actually most of the people I talked with are quite optimistic, and I think for one,、um, Hong Kong is a relatively small market, so people don't get to see large-scale job replacement by robots or automations. Whereas in the U.S. or in the Chinese mainland, a number of factories are actively engaging robots to boost productivity, and thus workers on the Assembly lines got replaced, and for this issue, you know, I just saw an interview of a famous Chinese sci-fi writer, Hao Jingfang, and she shared her views on this issue, which I totally agree with her. When asked about whether jobs in the future will be taken by machines, she said that if people could turn to other businesses and find something better to do, then we will have a happy ending. So I think the major task for the society is to help people get better education. Absolutely, you know that requires long-term thinking.、Mm-hmm. This is a big, big problem in the U.S. because you know how you just mentioned big manufacturing being replaced, and、mm-hmm. a lot of those jobs are passed down from father to son. You know, my father was a worker.、Mm-hmm. I expect so the next generation is going to come up and work, but that next generation coming up is realizing, ah,、oh, there's no more factory here, or the job is being replaced. You know, it requires long-term thinking. Yes,、it's、very interesting for Hong Kong. That's there wouldn't be, you know, because for reasons like you said, if anything, is it an advantage? Because from your video, it showed that a lot of the day to day, the more difficult tasks in, for example, property management. I think that was one where the day to day tasks were covered by the robot,、mm-hmm. the cleaning,、uh, the disinfecting of everywhere. Yes, I think what's happening in Hong Kong is exactly that robots are serving as a helper for people in some labor-intensive industry or industries experiencing labor shortage, so that the staff can have more time to improve their work quality, to improve their work standards, and to focus more on maybe creative side, more human interaction side. Then actually, that's a good trend,、right. and you know. I think tech itself is 
neutral. And if you look back to the technology revolution in history, telecommunication replaced mail. Every time there were doubts and skepticism. I just wanted to know what was what was the biggest takeaway for you personally covering the story, and if there was any surprising takeaway that you were not expecting. What surprised me most is that the technology community in Hong Kong is much more vibrant than I expected. You know, I visited Hong Kong Science Park located in Sha Tin, and there is a whole building specifically for robotics, where they nurture many startups. And there were there are so many events, projects to boost connectivity and commercial corporations within the community. Because you know, in Science Park, there are so many different people. Some focus on research, some focus on you know doing some applications, and some people just do the investment. Right. So then, I I really saw a vibrant community there in Hong Kong. And just as we mentioned, Hong Kong still has its advantages in science development. Right. Yeah. Do you think? Like, We could see more of these sort of science technology park cropping up in Hong Kong. I think one of the biggest opportunities is the Greater Bay Area. And you know, Hong Kong is collaborating with Shenzhen, setting up some science cooperation zone in the border. Miriam Zhang, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you. That's all for this segment, guys. Until next time, stay healthy. <laughs>